This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to talk for a short uh, amount of time this, uh, this afternoon on a proper example. Um, I think back uh, to a previous life, I was a project manager for one of the telephone companies and we would do these projects and you never knew how they were going to turn out, but we'd put different programs into place, things like that. And they're all, the question was always the same, what does success look like? If we do everything absolutely perfectly, what does that look like? Because a lot of the things we were doing had never been done before with the company. It was just, you know, something that somebody had a harebrained idea and thought, this may work, let's try it. When we think about our Christian life, each and every one of us, we've never done it before, have we? We've never done this before. We know what we've been taught. We know what others that have gone before us, hopefully our family members, that our parents or our aunts or our uncles or our cousins, whatever the case is, whoever brought us to Christ and led us in that direction, hopefully we've seen that lived out in their life. But is they, even that, is that the proper example we should look at when we think about success? We want to be as successful as we can in whatever we do, and especially when it comes to our Christian life, because that's what's important in everything that we do. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 28, it says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. Now we know this passage is addressing when we come around the table each and every week. That we're to examine ourselves. And what are we examining when we do that self? If I examine myself, what am I doing there? I'm wanting to know that the life that I'm living is successful. And how do I know that? Because we've been given an example. We've been given a perfect example. And if we do the example as we've seen, we know we have great success in doing that. And that's what we should strive for. In uh, for 2 Corinthians 13, verses 5 through 6, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. We see from this passage that we're to examine ourselves so that we know whether we're in the faith or we're not in the faith. And how can we do that? By comparing it to the example the proper example that we've been given in doing that. You know, do we measure distance with a ruler? No. We measure distance with an odometer or something along those measures. We wouldn't get out a, a one-foot ruler and, and measure a distance that way. We would use the proper tool to do the proper uh, examination on doing that. So why would we use someone else's imperfections to measure our success? You know, if I look at somebody else and I look at them and think of their life, and maybe they're not living up to what the expectation is. I can't use their life to measure mine if I'm wanting to see that success, can I? I've got to use the proper example. In Romans 14 and verses 12 through 13, it says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block in occasion to fall in his brother's way. 
You know, so here it tells us, don't judge others' thoughts or intentions. And there's a certain amount of judgment that goes on anytime we compare ourselves to others, isn't there? You know, too many times when we use others as that scale, we're not looking for what they're doing correctly, are we? We're not looking at the success that they're experiencing. Too many times we look at it and we pick out someone that may be weaker in certain areas that we may be strong in. And that's the comparison we make. Well, in doing that, you know, we may be judging these people and not, not looking at the proper example. Do we consider other people's good points when we do this? You know, that's what we would, would want to do, is to look at someone who's strong in an area that we're lacking in, if we're going to use that example, to make that proper comparison. In 1 Peter 2, verses 21 through 24, we read, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither guile was found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, revolved not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the, on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, would live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. You know, what if Christ hadn't lived that perfect life? And I, I understand, we don't have to worry about that. that. That was taken care of. He lived the way he was supposed to. He set that perfect example. But what if he chose to live like he wanted to? Just to do whatever. What if he gave in to those temptations that we see him tempted with? He stumbled through life with no structure or no purpose. You know, if it wasn't important to him, why would it be important to us? And we don't have to worry about that. That's not what we were given. We were given the proper example of how we should live. And that's what he wants to see in our lives. And that's the type of thing we should think of as we examine ourselves. As Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 11. You know, when we look at professionals for various things, we don't just go out and find anybody, do we? You know, Zane and I have talked a lot about uh, accountants. You know, when you look at an accountant, what have they done for you? Have they saved you money? Somebody the other day asked me, they said, well, do you know a good electrician? I said, Steve Marshall. I said, well, is it any good? <laughs> if you know Steve, you know, anything he does, he's going to be good at it. And that's what we want to know when we're looking for those recommendations. We don't want just the first name that you see in the book, in the phone book. We want somebody good. And that's the way it is or it should be when we're th looking at examples on how to live our lives. And the proper example would be Christ. And hopefully we see others around us that are living those things out in their own lives. You know, we can look at the apostles and think how much easier it must have been. They walked with Christ. They were with him. They were with the example that we're supposed to follow. You know, one thing I think about when I, when I see that is... You know, they didn't, they didn't just have a Bible that they could refer to, did they? They were living it at the time. They were in the process of writing that Bible that we have today. And if you ask some of them, well, what do you think would be easier? To kind of have to learn this stuff by process of elimination and going through mistakes and things like that? What if you were given a, a list of the things that were expected of you in your life? You know, they might look at us and say, you know, you've got a book on this stuff. We had to figure it out as we went. That may be the case. So as we look at that and we think about 
Well, it would have been so much easier to live as the apostles did. I just don't think that's the case. And we should probably look at the example that we're given and look at that through Scripture. Would the apostles have turned down a chance to follow God's word rather than learning from experience? We don't know the answer to that. But I can say that we we are given in Scripture a description of Christ's life, and we know that it was perfect in every way. And that's the example that we should follow. You know, we see numerous occasions of Christ teaching the apostles. And that wasn't always an easy thing. It wasn't always an easy lesson learned. In Mark 9, 33 through 35, it says, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves, by the way? But they held their patience. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. So they made this mistake. They started reasoning among themselves. Well, who's great? Well, maybe it should be me. Maybe I should be the greatest among us. Christ said, hold on. Let's all get together on this. And they all came together and they sat down. And he said, you know, if you want to be the first, you've got to be the last. You've got to be servant to be first in the kingdom. And that's a rather pointed example of the thing that he taught there. You know, could it be that this is what we try to do when we compare ourselves to people we consider weaker than us? Trying to elevate ourselves to being higher or more important? In Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, Christ could be compared to to a lot of the management books that we see, and I haven't read one of those in years, but they were all kind of the same thing. You know, if you look at these, these books that were supposed to, you know, enlighten you and teach you all these things about how to be better in business, you know, they couldn't just say, well, make a lot of money because nobody's going to buy that. They had to come up with something that was just eye-opening and just, Totally not what, the, what you would ever consider. Something earth-shattering. And you know, Jesus a lot of times, he did kind of that very thing. His answer didn't go along with what you would have thought he would have said in that situation. And I think in that way, we sort of see that his way of, of thinking and his way of leading his life was not what people normally saw. And I think that's what piqued people's interest in his life. Because he didn't just go along with what everybody thought to be the norm. And it, many times it went against what people thought. You know, when, even when he, the Jews considered him, and we talked about that, I think it was Matt talked about the other day. The Jews were waiting for this person to come. But they totally dismissed Jesus because he came as a servant, not as a king. And they just couldn't imagine somebody being a king that would serve others. And in that way, I think he's, he's a lot like what we talk about. Um, just having these different ideas that, that were earth-shattering, that were totally shocking at the time. And it, it piqued a lot of people's interest. And I think even today, as we look at these things, it's very interesting that he could have come and he could have been all of those things. And the, the main thing that he constantly pointed out was he was not here for himself. He was here for the Father. 
In John 13, verses 12 through 16, it says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done to you? You, you call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so am I am. For I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is greater than hath sent him. He talks about giving an example. This is not an, this is not an example on people washing people's feet. That was not really his point. You know, the point was to serve others in whatever capacity it was. He just happened to be there and happened to wash their feet because this was the best example at the time that he had. The example goes to us as well. You know, we don't wash each other's feet. We don't typically wash our own feet unless we're bathing at the time. But at this time, people washed feet. And for someone to do that was to serve them. And he did that as an example here to, to show his apostles that it's important that they serve others. You know, when we look at this example, it's probably somewhat harder to deal with than looking to others among us. It's always easier to look at someone who may be weak in an area we're not weak in than to look at, a, look at, at Christ who lived life to perfection and look at the examples how far he took things. He didn't just teach it, he lived it. So I ask again, have you ever compared yourself to someone else to make yourself feel better? You know, hopefully we don't do that because that's not what we've been called to do. We've been called to walk as Christ walked. And if you have done this, have you ever wondered who's comparing themselves to you? And that, that's a pretty pointed uh, comment. But it, we've got to think that it happens. You know, if, if we're looking at others in that way, we've got to think others are looking at us in that same way. You know, don't you hope it's someone you consider to be giving, living a good Christian life if they're looking at you? Certainly we would hope that. What if it's someone we consider to be living a good life? What if they're not living such a good life and looking at us to make themselves feel better? You know, it, it quickly becomes chaos measuring two imperfections and trying to have success in doing that. It just doesn't make sense when you look at it. And we were talk, I was talking to David this afternoon. He was talking about politicians. He's like, too many times, you know, you're looking at these candidates and you're just trying to pick the, the least of the uh, two evils. You know, sometimes that we, what's what we find ourselves doing when we compare ourselves to others. It's not the proper comparison. And it's a dangerous thing to, to compare ourselves to, other, to others for the purpose of thinking more highly of ourselves because it just shouldn't be that way. And not only because it tears others down, but also because it gives us a false sense of security. Why would we have, be secure in that? Finding ourselves to compare advantageously over someone else when that's not the example that we've been given to follow. It's just something to think about. Let's look at someone who did compare himself to someone else and what Christ thought of it. We talked about this the other day. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. 
two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift so much up as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Chance talked on this the other night. You know, this is just one of those passages that just, as you get older and as you look at different things, it's a passage that just keeps giving, you know. When I was younger, I looked at that and said, yeah, yeah, you know, there's that guy. He's thinking really highly of himself, and that's pretty much what I got from that. And then you get a little older, and you look at that, and you see that the publican, you know, he was actually the one that was justified in God's eyes because he had asked for mercy. And then you get a little older, and you start thinking, okay, who is he talking to? He was talking, if you read there in the verse, uh, the first verse, and he spake this parable under certain, certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. That's who he was telling this to. So you start seeing all of these different levels being pulled back in this passage. And who he's talking to there was people that were comparing themselves to others. Because we know from the Pharisee, you know, he stood off and he had done all these things. And we know he was a good guy because he named them off. I'd done this, I've done this, I've done this. A guy that had done a lot of good things in his life. And he chose to look at the weaker one. The one that knew he had not been doing what he was supposed to. He was not fulfilling what was expected of him. And that's who he chose to compare himself to. So Jesus is telling this parable because he sees others doing that exact thing. They felt like they were righteous. And they actually despised others because of it. They thought they were so far advanced above other people that they actually despised them. You know, the publican knew he had fallen far short of what was expected. And he asked for mercy. And certainly that's what we should do when we find ourselves in these situations. We shouldn't go and find somebody that's weaker than us and, make, and, and find comfort in that and think that that justifies where we are, we're at. We should look at a, an example of someone who is stronger than us because we should be reaching for that and reaching and uh, striving for perfection even though we know we'll never reach it. In Philippians 2 and verse 12 it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always Obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now which now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, the older I get, the more this passage means to me. We can't control other people. We just can't do it. We have to look at ourselves. And that makes it even more important that we're looking at the, for example... If we're going to do this. And we're going to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Because when it comes down to it. It doesn't matter who our parents are. Who our kids are. Or anybody else. It will be us that stands in judgment on that last day. And we've got to make sure we're doing everything possible. And that we're looking at the correct example. When we're comparing our our lives and standing before God. I know that's a short lesson this afternoon. It's something I think is very important. I think we read scripture that tells us it's important. That we use 
Christ is what he was meant for, the example that he set, the life that he lived as we go through our life. And we shouldn't be picking, picking and choosing what we want to serve as our example and what we strive for. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.